Today's message is about Christ's love. It's not about how much good we do. It's not about how smart we are. It's about how we let Christ's love work in and through us beyond our own abilities to change the lives of others and in so doing, changing our own lives. Paul's description of love is quite intimidating in 1 Corinthians. If you read 1 Corinthians 13 and think that that's a kind of love that I must possess and I must possess it on my own, if we read it void of its intent, which was to describe Christ's love for his church, and that means you and me, then we miss the whole point. And we've heard this passage read at weddings, and we've heard it read at funerals, and sometimes we miss the point. It's not about a romantic love. It's not even about an altruistic love. It's about a love that is centered on Christ, Christ's love. So I'd like for you to turn with me to the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians and let's stand for the reading of God's Word. And I'm going to read it the way I think it is intended to be read. If I speak in tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have Christ's love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have Christ's love, I'm nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but I do not have Christ's love, I gain nothing. Christ's love is patient, kind. Christ's love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Christ's love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. For as knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, in other words, when I matured in my faith, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will be fully known, even as I have been fully known. And now, faith, hope, and Christ's love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is Christ's love. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I love the way that this text begins. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels but do not have Christ's love, 
I am only a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I want to give us a little background. This letter was written to the church in Corinth, and Corinth is in Greece. And Greeks, they valued the spoken word. Their orators received wide public acclaim. 400 years before Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, there was a philosopher, a Greek man named Aristotle, who wrote a work called Rhetoric. And Aristotle's rhetoric spelled out rules for public speaking that are still being studied by students of public speaking even today. The Corinthians highly valued the eloquence of speech. And so Paul begins by saying, it's wonderful to be a fine speaker. It's it's amazing to be a great teacher. You can speak with the tongues of men and of angels. But if you don't have Christ's love, you are like a sounding gong or a clanging symbol. Scholars tell us that in the pagan temples, especially the temple of Aphrodite's there in Corinth, there would be a large gong, symbol-like instrument, that the priest would bang to wake up the gods so that they could hear your prayers. So using this analogy of a gong and a clanging symbol was something Paul relished in as he made his point. Paul said that if you don't have Christ's love, you might as be as use, you might well as be as useless as one of those gongs or clanging cymbals that are used to wake up the gods so that they can hear our prayers. Christ's love points us to a God who is always with us and always hears our prayers. St. Paul continues. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith. Faith enough to move mountains, but I don't have Christ's love. I am nothing. Friends, that's a radical statement. I hope that we hear its its extreme nature. Paul is saying that Christ's love is even more important than our faith. And, and, And a case in point is that you know, you know, it's a really sad thing when we see people of faith claiming Christian faith who may have a disdain for people of other faiths like Muslims or a hatred of Jews or despise Mormons or, or dislike um, even other Christians because they have differing views. Paul is pointing to Sometimes the shallowness of our faith if we don't have what is true, Christ's love. Because Christ's love doesn't allow us to go to that point of hating others or despising others. It moves us beyond our own feelings, beyond our own temporal beliefs to a place of understanding love at a level that we're incapable of having apart from Christ. James said, faith without works is dead. 
Martin Luther said it's an epistle of Paul, of, of straw, because if you think that faith is dependent upon our works, yeah, I guess it is. But what James was saying, and he was absolutely right on target, faith without the works, Christ's love, the works that Christ does in us is dead. And Christ's works always lead us to loving action. And then the chapter ends. Faith hope and love abide these three but greater than faith and greater than hope and we're going to say a lot about hope this year overflowing hope you're going to hear it so much these two are not greater than Christ's love Jesus summarized the duties of a Christian in this way Realizing he was speaking to people who would keep 600 commandments in the Bible. He said it really is all about this one great commandment. A new commandment I give you, Jesus said. Love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. But this everyone will know that you are my disciples by this if you love one another. I hope you heard that. In order to be known as a follower of Jesus, in order to truly be Christian, we have to allow Christ's love to work in and through us. It doesn't matter how many Bible verses you may memorize. It doesn't matter about your perfect attendance in worship. It doesn't matter whether you never miss Sunday school. It doesn't matter if you never miss a choir practice. It doesn't matter if you give. Jimmy, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter even if you give a million dollars to the church. But you might try that. I don't know. These are all wonderful acts. But none matter if they don't share Christ's love, if they're not an outgrowth of that Christ's love in us, working through us. That's why we do what we do. That's why we serve the way we serve. It's not of our own will, but it's our submitting to God's will of Christ's love that makes the difference. Now, I want to say a few more things about this special love that Paul describes. Christ's love for the church is perfect. That's why we're so intimidated when we read this text. If we think that we have to be all of those things, patient and kind and never arrogant or rude and so on and so forth, and we just say, we can't, I can't do that, and we can't apart from Christ's love. And Christ's love brings out the perfect in us, even though we sometimes fall short of that. Christ's love gives us forgiveness and raises the bar of what we can mean to the world. And Christ's love is very personal. I love the way that Paul speaks of a maturing faith. As he said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put away my childishness. That has nothing to do with his age. 
It has everything to do with his faith that matured to the point that he put away his childish ways of thinking that his works and his obedience to the law and him being a Pharisee was going to save him. When he matured in his faith, he was able to say, it is God's grace that saves me by faith and it is Christ's love that made it all possible. Now, I've noticed in the past year, I've been extra sensitive to articles about babies. I don't know why. <laughs> but I, I, I saw this article in the newspaper about uh, research that was done on mothers concerning their babies, uh, newborns, when those babies were seven days old. And these mothers were blindfolded. And three babies would be put in front of them, and they had to just stroke the back of each baby's hand to determine after seven days of life which baby was theirs. Now, I, I don't know about you, but babies' hands, they all kind of, I mean, a baby's hand's a baby's hand, kind of, right? All the mothers are going. And surprisingly, 70% of those mothers, after seven days, by touching the back of their baby's hand, knew it was theirs, apart from the others. Now, friends, if mothers, as perfect as you are, can have that kind of sensitivity and that kind of personal approach to a baby, how much more perfect and personal love does Christ have for us the Bible says that the hairs on our head are numbered that God knows us by name and over and over and over again the testimony of scripture is that Christ's love is a personal love Christ loves you Christ loves me Christ loves the church that's you and me I want to also say this, that Christ's love is perfect and Christ's love is personal, but Christ's love is always about giving to. We recognize that Christ has loved us with a never-ending, patient, and kind love that personally changes us. When we get that, when we get that we were personally loved by God in Christ, then we understand our response to God is a response of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving in all that we do. Christ's love is patient and always kind. Christ's love is never envious or boastful. It's never arrogant or rude. Christ's love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Christ's love never rejoices in wrongdoing. Even if that wrongdoing were against an enemy, Christ's love only rejoices in the truth. You know, I ask us today, are you, am I, giving an accurate witness to the love of Christ in our lives? Are we sowing seeds of anger and resentment and, and hatred and judgment 
instead of living into Christ's love. Friends, the scripture says that that is not optional. That that is the mark of who is a Christian. So this is the way people know to whom we belong. It's the way we allow Christ's love to work through us. Christ's love bears all things. Christ's love believes all things. Christ's love hopes all things. Christ's love endures all things. Christ's love never ends. You're going to end one day. And Paul reminds us of that in this text. We see in a mirror dimly, he said. But then we will see face to face. We know only in part. Then we will be fully known. And it's Christ's love that bridges the gap from our own shortcomings, our own sin and separation to God. And makes a way for us to see clearly and to be known fully. Now yesterday, we honored one of the saints of this church. Charlotte Ann Williams Wilson had been a member of this church that she loved so dearly for 66 years. I remember not too long ago, we were identifying those who'd been members of the church, some in their 90s who'd been members for 50 years, some who weren't quite in their 90s but had been members for at least 50 years. And I remember seeing Charlotte's name in 66 years and I grieved the fact that she wouldn't be able to participate like she would have been able to years ago. Some of you may remember Greg, her son, brought her to church in a wheelchair. Hadn't been too many weeks ago that he had to cease that activity, but he brought her when she couldn't even respond to what was going on. But she was here. And Greg, her son, knew rightfully so this is where she would want to be. If she died in this sanctuary, it would be like a heavenly moment for her. In November, I got a call. We thought that Charlotte wouldn't be here for 24 hours. She died last week. We used to say about Charlotte, she was the toughest thing to come out of Monday, Texas. <laughs> and the most beautiful thing as well. And though she was beautiful physically, she really was. And such a fun, loving person. Such an uplifting, positive person. The thing that made Charlotte Wilson beautiful, really, was Christ's love that came out of her all the time. 21 years ago, when Tammy and I came to this church, we hadn't been here a few weeks and we get this card a beautiful, encouraging card, and it was signed, Charlotte and Perry Wilson. And then my birthday came a few weeks later. Another card, Charlotte and Perry Wilson. And then every anniversary, every special occasion, even Pastor's Day. Did you know there was a Pastor's Day? 
I'm expecting more cards because I've only been getting one from Charlotte Wilson. <laughs> and you know, I thought I was special until Walt got in the pulpit and Walt said the very same thing. I got a card every anniversary. I thought it was just me. And then one of the family members got up and the family member said Charlotte was amazing because every niece, every cousin, every nephew, everybody who loved Charlotte would get anniversary cards, birthday cards, Christmas cards, you name it. Always sign the love of Christ, Charlotte Wilson. And how many years she came to this church and she sat in the congregational room and and she wrote cards to us on our birthdays. And she wrote cards to those who were on the anniversary of the death of a beloved um, family member. And, and how she made calls to those who were bereaved. And how she encouraged us over and over. In, endless was her, 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 her service to this church. She continued and continued and continued. And I thought to myself yesterday, we're going to miss so much Charlotte because so much of what she did was Christ's love. And I want to challenge each and every one of us when a great saint who is so dedicated to being Christ's love passes from this earth to see not in a mirror dimly, but face to face, to know not in part, but to be fully known. Who picks up that Christ love? Who enters that time when we share that love with others? Others. Others. It was as if she sang. She loved music. She was a music major. Lord, help me live from day to day. In such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer will be for others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I may live like thee. Remember, when we get to that point in our faith that we realize Christ's love is personal, it's perfect, it fills in the gaps of our own shortcomings. When we get to the point that we realize when we can give Christ's love to others, it's not based on our own ability, but it's based on the perfect ability of Christ to love in and through us, then we can live that life for others just as Jesus intended for us to do. Amen.